In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh Buckley, and my podcast puddin' is the one, the only. Ah, it's me, Travis Ratz. <laughs> was that your is that your Harlequin? In, that was my impression? Harlequin. I didn't know you were gonna so fire my that at me. You know, I, I it was off off the top of my head, buddy. So welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast, where Travis and I delve deep into the mysteries of comic books. And you're on an episode today that we like to call a comic book club episode and travis and i brought a magical batman guest on to talk about batman white knight murphy a dc black label it's like uh isn't that like it's a fine whiskey it's a black label dc uh it's it's uh, sean murphy's the writer and the artist matt hollingsworth on colors todd klein as a letterer and we brought on the one and only who did we bring on travis and announce our guest man I first of all, let me just say, sometimes when you do intros, uh, yeah. I see you like you're like, oh wait, I forgot how to do this, and I see you struggling, and like you'll look down, like you have stuff written on notes, but you don't like like what I was looking at. I was called? looking at the book. I was looking at the book, <laughs> and then and then you look up at me like I'm gonna interject, but then I don't. I just kind of look at you <laughs> yeah. like this, and then one hand you struggle. <laughs> I appreciate it. Only the got, best. Got, oh, speaking of only the best, we got maybe the best guest of comic exposure. Dr. Dan, the number one Batman fan. Let's give him a round of applause in the studio. Yay! Thanks for having me. Dan, welcome back. This is the first podcast of 2019. Man, it is getting to the point now in my life where I have to really think before I say the year. Not just at the beginning of the year, but like throughout the year. All like it, year? It, it, it yeah, will yeah, be yeah, yeah. in June, and I'll be like, you know, like uh, June 2018, 19 <laughs> something 2000 something uh so dan you're back on the show first show of 2019 travis and i are hoping to make 29 a more comic book filled year than 2018 yep. 2018 was for the birds when it came to the comic exposure podcast it it, it was it was suck city um i don't want to blame a statewide walkout or anything like that or an election year and any of that stuff for what took me out but we're back. We're ready than ever. And I am so excited that we're going to talk a little Batman uh, to kick off 2019 because I, Travis, we talked about it on our last show. I am currently Batman obsessed. Mm-hmm. I am seven volumes in to this uh, Bane saga in 90s Batman. I'm, I'm deep, buddy. Would you say uh, that it's become the Bane of your existence? I am at this point right now, like, I don't love the one I'm reading right now. Uh, and I'm like... I got to. I have to finish it, right? Yeah. You remember when we struggled through a little bit of a little bit of Daredevil to get to the good stuff? Yeah, Dan was there. Like we, yeah, on that one, we read those first couple issues of when Frank Miller's just taking over Daredevil, and they're not great. No. But then he like hits his stride. So I really enjoyed this Batman arc that I'm rereading until right about now. Which one? And are I you think on? it's 
I think it's because it's collected weird. Uh, this one is The Search. So this is Batman uh, Night Quest The Search. And I believe this is, it's a collection of stories that are Bruce Wayne focused, where he's off somewhere trying to find Robin's dad. Mm, that sounds um, riveting. Because whenever you yeah, open a Batman book and see the day-to-day life of Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne, like Bruce Wayne who can't do anything. Like Bruce Wayne who has two crutches and... It starts off with like two Justice League books, so I didn't look into it, but I'm I'm assuming that these epis these books are kind of spread out throughout this entire run, but it didn't make sense to put them in each volume, like they collected them together as one volume uh, and called it the Search. I don't, I mean, I haven't looked at the the chronolo- the chronology of it, but this would be a real. It doesn't actually have any Batman books in it. It's a couple Justice League books, a couple Shadow of the Bat books, and like a Robin and a Catwoman or something like that. Nice. Before we get to Dan's current Batman reading, I have also been dipping my toes back into some Batman. Uh, I recently purchased, uh, in accordance with your recommendation, Prelude to Nightfall. Uh, I got that hard copy. Uh, But during the break, I was uh, digitally reading uh, No Man's Land. Because I was like, you know what? Uh, Josh has revisited a long, epic Batman story, and he's found, you know, some joy in it. And I go, yeah. oh, I'll read that. But I also kind of want to, I want to take my own route and and dip my toes into my own little Batman epic. So I was like, what's something that I have remember kind of? And I know I picked up some single issues as a kid, but I can't really quite remember the whole arc. And that was Batman's No, Man, no Man's Land. That's the one right. where, like, the, the earthquake or something. The bridges yeah, collapse, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Can't Dan, get out of that, Gotham. Dan, what about shows... you? Where are you, where are you, what are you, what's your current Batman status? Single? It's uh, complicated? Rebirth, I, uh, the DC had a sale on, and I bought, like, I read volume, just read The Wedding, and uh, I, I'm on volumes. I think I just finished volume six and volume seven just went on sale, so I bought it. Um, I've been reading a lot of the newest rendition. Um, those two series though, you mentioned though, you know, how every, I don't know about you, but I went through a phase where I didn't read comics cause I was trying to get girls yeah. in college. Yeah. When I finally got back into uh, comic books, I did no man's land and, uh, nightfall. And the other one that captures the era of nineties is Bruce Wayne murder question mark. Those are all three. Those are great runs. I, I really like. I had a. Re- I only read that once when I was getting back into comics. I believe the title of that is called Murder. <laughs> murder. Uh, <laughs> Bruce Wayne. Murder. Huh? 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 Um. So I. You know what? I. I. I was reading up until last year when I fell out of comics for a little bit. Uh, I was reading those single issues of of the Batman with Tom King on it when he took over and it's delightful. He's so good at what he does. He's fantastic. I haven't read the wedding yet. I think I stopped before all that took place, um, but I want to catch back up and, and get back into it. Who do you, who do you like better? Uh, uh, who's do you think in the last current years has done uh, uh, Scott Snyder or Tom King? Who do you think? Is- I think, I, I think they're very different. Yeah, I th- oh, I think they're very different. What a d- bullshit I, Democratic I, answer! I know. Hey, you, union president, this, we're not in a, we're not in a union meeting right now, right? You don't <laughs> pick a damn side. You know, I I think that uh, Scott Snyder does a better action Batman. Mm-hmm. I think Tom King does a better thoughtful Batman. I would agree with that. I would agree with that summation. 
from what I've read. I've I've read a lot less Tom King than you have. Yeah. So I believe that right, was guys. The, I was I believe that's the last one that we had read. So before we get into this one, I want to recap. You tell me if I'm wrong. The yeah. Batman books that, uh, that we have read together on this podcast. Okay. okay. Um, there is Dan wasn't there for the first one. Uh, that was the Scott Snyder one. Uh, but we read um, uh, the last Tom King one. There was a Tom King one we we did last that um, summer of that we went to con we did all-star we did all-star batman all-star batman yeah uh and that's then, snyder that's snyder then we did um uh long halloween yep uh then uh we've all read dark knight i don't know if uh dark knight returns i don't know if dan was on that one i don't think we talked dark knight returns because we did dark knight returns and the death of superman for an episode that's right that's right and yeah. so I, I don't know i'm, I'm missing a batman but the, uh, this might we be did batman zero. we did batman zero year sorry we did that's okay we did batman zero year um we did what else did we read i know we did something else i don't know we did a lot we've we've read a lot of batman we did the two episodes the catwoman uh that lo- those two like valentine's day issues the tom king ones yes we did those single issues those are good yeah those, those are, are fun. yeah it, right. adorable even romantic yeah. yeah yeah uh so we've read we've we've done a lot of batman on the show uh, and I'm excited to talk about this one because it's like it's a one off. It's its own story. It's very much. I mean, when this came out, when this was being put out and Sean Murphy was putting it out in single issues, they were talking about this being Sean Murphy's Dark Knight Returns, that it's yeah. kind of its own. It's its own, you know, universe. It's a separate story. It's not in, uh, you know, continuity. It's its own thing. It's it's his little epic. Um, I want to talk about. I want to talk about that a little later about whether that concept holds up, whether it truly is a dark night. If it's, if it's worthy of the title of like another dark night or not, I, I want to talk about that. But first, uh, Travis, why don't you hit us with your quick synopsis of, uh, of what this bad boy's about? Uh, all right. So, um, yeah, so basically uh, we have uh, on here Sean Murphy uh, with uh, colors by Matt uh, Hollingsworth. So Sean Murphy both pencils it and he's also doing the story on this. Uh, yeah. And at any time you can correct me when I'm when I'm wrong. And, or, you can do it, <laughs> or you can do it with a look because I'm watching you as I do this. Uh, <laughs> now it's your turn to, to go like this as I struggle through like this. <laughs> um, so we have basically what we have is in this story we have it is the Joker story. The Joker um uh, what's what Joker name do they go with on this one? His Jack name? Napier, Na- Napier, like from the eighty nine Batman, right? Jack Napier. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the story opens up with a chase. Batman, uh, Batgirl, and Nightwing are chasing after the Joker. Uh, it's business as usual. Batman seems a little bit more grumpier, a little bit more intense, a little bit more irritated. Uh, we see that with how uh, Batgirl and Nightwing approach him. Anyways, the chase ends at this uh, pharmaceutical factory s thing, uh, and Batman gets a little bit too violent with the Joker and ends up shoving this medication that's in this factory down the Joker's throat. Uh, and everyone's watching, the police are watching, and it's very a la police brutality, uh, police brutality, police <laughs> brutality, uh, Joker lives matter uh, kind of thing going on here, and we find out 
within the next couple pages that the medication that Batman has shoved down Joker's throat has actually cured his uh, psychoticness, right? Uh, yeah. We, as a reader, we don't know, is the Joker playing? Uh, is the Joker just playing at this? Did it really cure his psychosis? Uh, and so through the following ensuing issues, we see Jack Napier... Who the Joker is now Jack Napier, and he is trying to redeem himself. Uh, he is uh, uh, adamantly against. He's taking a political stance against Batman. He goes to court. He defends himself. He gets off. He tries to make himself an upstanding member of the community. In court, he gets off in court. That's he just gets, disgusting. No, no, you didn't. You didn't read the uh, the cutout pages <laughs> where it's the Joker in his cell, just uh, just going at it, <laughs> and um. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, he tries to come up, standing member of the citizen uh, citizen of the community, especially with one area of Gotham. It's like the docks area. Uh, yeah, like really, the, the, the they, downtown. The, what do they call it? The Batman-affected zone or something yeah, like that? Yeah, black, black something, Blackgate. Is that, does that ring a bell? That's really like the prison. That's the prison, it's isn't it? Blackgate. Blackgate without the L. Because there's a character that corrects somebody. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, and so, uh, anyways, we, we have this going on. Um... And then, it, of course, uh, uh, the struggle is is the Joker pretending. Uh, Batman thinks he might be. Uh, other people start to uh, side with Joker. Uh, and at the end of it, there is this uh, big showdown, of course, which I'm sure we'll get to. And then we have, of course, the uh, resolution, which we'll talk about. But The, the, story- the dueling Harley Quinns. Yes. We've got, oh, yeah, no. I forgot about this. Yeah, yeah. We also have two Harley Quinns in this, which I'm sure we'll get to. Um, and so it's basically a story about what if the Joker uh, was cured of his psychoticness? How would that affect Gotham and his relationship with Batman? Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. So let's let's dive into it. Let, let's just go. Let's go right into it. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk story. We're going to get into art because I mean, how could we not? It, it's Sean Murphy. But let's let's talk about the whole story that we've got going on here. Dan, as a as super as Doctor Dan, the Batman fan. Can you tell me what did you think of this overall, the overall story, the overall tone? What did you like or not like about this story? Especially the premise. Yeah, especially that sort of this idea. Well, I think that's where maybe it's not Dark Knight-esque. I mean, there, it, it certainly speaks to a time and an era like Dark Knight does for the 80s. But I think it also struggles at time. The Dark Knight was itself a departure. This seems to take a bunch of different stories that we've heard before and put it into one. The The idea that the Joker is going to go straight and run for politics, I, that's not old. I, I, I want to say it's old. Like, we've heard that before. It's a very um, Lex Luthor kind of thing, right? Say that again? It feels like very Lex Luthor-like. Like, there's yeah, a yeah. thousand Lex Luthor yeah, right. stories. Right. We've seen this story a few times where the Joker is going to run for um, office or goes clean, goes as a straight man. So when I first read it, I was like, oh, this is like this must be a play on something I've read before. And I missed the whole black label thing at first. And I was like, I thought it was just enough continuity until I got to the one where it was like there's a separate Harlequin. And I was like, oh, wait a minute, this is. Oh, I, I was going to use the word Elseworlds. Yeah, I, I've got some Elseworld books. I guess like they didn't slap the DC Black label on it until uh, like halfway through it or something like that, or until the graphic novel, because 
and they stopped using the term Elseworlds. Like they don't use it anymore. Um, I but I think they're using this black label to do some more uh, some cool stuff coming risque, out of the label. You know, yeah. You know, while we don't see Batman's, isn't there isn't there a black label one with Batman's dong in it? Which one's that yeah. one? That's right. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. This one. Yeah. This one. You just see almost naked Harley Quinn. So I, you know, Dan, I, I think you're right. We have kind of heard this. You know, this doesn't seem like a super fresh story. I think he takes. I think you're right, though. This idea that this is a very 2010s story, right? Yeah. Just like Dark Knight is a very 80s story. This very much takes a whole lot of stuff happening right now in 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 politics, in society and, and uses it. But, you know, I'm not exactly sure. I don't, I don't know that it's dark Knight worthy. Well, that's why I want to ask you guys what by, by telling the story, by making Joker, this iconic psychotic villain into a good guy for like several issues. What, what do you think? What's, what's the, what do you think the message here is? I mean, at at times it it does feel like, um, uh, Murphy is, you know, there's, not not satire in the, in the humor sense, but he's using this to, as kind of cast a lens on it. What do you? Why do you think he chose this story? Like, what is it? What does it get at in our society today? Like, what 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 parable is this? Like, why why is this? Is this important? Is this current? Uh, or is this a? Or is it just like a, a an interesting premise? Uh, a twist? Is this meant for entertainment, like- or is this meant to educate us on something? Well- I feel like Scott Snyder is ever present in the Batman narrative, even just like the timeline. I it, like a year ago, period, a couple pages now, period. Like Scott Snyder uses that device in a lot of his story. And then Scott Snyder with Court of Owls planted the seed that Batman, Batman has been it, it's bigger than an individual. And I think it gets to this debate that Batman fans have had of pardon the rhyme of late, does Batman create his villains? And yeah. that, that question is central to this narrative that the Joker says over and over again, I'm a creation of you. You need me. And you see that in the Scott Snyder run a lot. You you see that in the whole canon of Batman the past 10 years. Right. It seems to be a story about, uh, it seems to ask a question too about the nature of redemption. Like, are there some things that are unredeemable, um, acts that are unredeemable? Um, uh, we think we think of I think redemption for a lot of times in stories is one person commits one atrocious act and then they spend the rest of their lives, the rest of the story trying to redeem for it. But the Joker here has a whole lifetime of unredeemable acts. So is there for Batman in this uh, Bruce Wayne and Batman in this? He seems to be like there's been too much done for this character to ever redeem himself. While other characters like the citizens of Gotham and even Nightwing uh, and Commissioner Gordon at points seem to be like the more good that Jack Napier does, the more they're like, okay, does this good wash that out? So I think it's a story about the nature of redemption as well. Well, I think it's also this thing like there's this look at now that he doesn't have this psychosis, it's not the same person, right? I think that's the other part of it. I think you brought this question up like, does it is it trying to to say something i thought at first it was because they did this angle with like batman's a vigilante the they hit this sort of like police brutality thing murphy hits it right away but then i don't think it is 
I, I think like I think it starts to seem like it's going to be a an, an allegory or it's going to try to tell you something, but I think it loses that thread. I, I don't think it's there for the whole story, and that might be why I don't think it's Dark Knight worthy. And look, I don't love the Dark Knight. It's it's like I don't love it as a Batman story. Um, it's interesting and it's very eighties and it tells a very key sort of. I think it it's it very much is a different take on how you do Batman and how you do sort of comics in that era, right. like mainstream superhero comics. This doesn't. I don't think that this does anything. This doesn't change the game, right? It doesn't exist on its own as a piece of literature the way that Dark Knight might. Whether you like it or I, not, I think Dark Knight right. in itself is a very self-contained uh, piece of allegory. Uh, whereas this seems, I think you're, I agree. I think it has the pieces to start off, but then he I drops, he he drops he the ball. Drops it. Yeah, I think he drops it because then because it's it's it starts off with Batman in jail, and then it's this whole. Like it's this whole flat, like the whole story is just the flashback, right? And it's also, yeah, it, I think he just uses, for lack of better words, Trump's America as a backdrop. Cause there's also this, like, this politician who says that you've been sold out by the 1%. And, uh, and he uses language of the 1% and disaffected voters, been ignored by the elites. Yeah, it, like, it's, it's this very, like, but yeah. then just lost in Batman. He pulls all these things like 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 you said. He, I think I, I think it's less like Trumpism and more like that uh, the the ninety nine percent movement, right? Like that Occupy Wall Street. There's like a piece of that Occupy Wall Street, a piece of this sort of like police brutality. Everything's on camera stuff that's been going on. Like I don't. He doesn't really hit Black Lives Matter. I, I think he he almost does, but he pulls back. Right. And, and I think that they're like, and so I think there's a lot of stuff where he starts to hit you with that. And then he backs away from it um, or doesn't let it take over the story. So I think it's an, I, like all these criticisms aside. And, and, I, and I hate for the show to start off very critique heavy because, you know, Travis, I hate that. <laughs> like, I don't like to do a show where we just bitch about something. But um, I just wanted it like it was kind of billed as this. Is it is it sort of it's billed as this dark night? I don't know that it is, but I think it's a, I think it's a good story. It's action packed. It's fun. Uh, there's a, like his redesigns are really cool on a lot of these characters or the way he's got them looking are kind of neat. Um, but overall, this idea of, you know, this story that Batman is a hidden bad guy, but he's not really a bad guy. And the person pulling the strings all along is actually Harley Quinn, like the original Harley Quinn. Like, I thought it was interesting. I don't know that I like. I don't know that I, I. I liked it, but I don't know if I really liked it. Like, well, I, I think. I think anytime uh, when when you have a uh, series writer on Batman, like a Snyder or Tom King uh, yeah. or uh, Loeb, whatever it is, um, the idea there is that okay, we're just continuing the Batman story. We're telling interesting, fun stories with Batman. But when you have a limited run, when you get to yeah. use Batman as a vehicle, I feel like there is some expectation of going in here that there is going to be like some sort of allegorical it's like okay um we're gonna give you sean murphy and you know i love sean murphy and i still love sean yeah. murphy uh, and oh yeah um, so do I. uh and there is a sense that of okay you get batman for like six issues you tell batman story for six issues 
the idea you would think the idea as a creator would be to not play around necessarily and just tell like a fun Batman story, but to use Batman as a vehicle for a message, you know, I think that's the expectation. So I think there was a lot of, I know certainly I, as a reader went into it being like, okay, what's Sean Murphy going to use Batman to say? And I don't know if, if, if you go into reading that with that expectation, I think you might come out a little bit disappointed if that's how you go into it. And I I think that was part of it. I think, I think Travis, you're right. Had this been part of the run of a Snyder run or part of a Tom King run, or you go back a Chuck Dixon run, if you want to go back that far, like if you want to take this and it's part of like a giant arc that someone's doing, I think it may have like, there's not enough. Everything we know about these characters, we take from all the other Batman media we've read. Right. And so, but he's building a separate world. And and so part of it is no. Remember, you know, you you know Nightwing, you know uh, Batgirl, you know this stuff. So I'm going to take all the stuff you know, but build my own story with it. Um, but it's going to be just different enough. I think if this had been a piece of a run where you get to see Joker before this, if we had been able to play with with uh sean murphy's joker before this it may have been more interesting right i I liked it a lot it's good um but i just feel like it's missing we don't have enough of who this batman is because it's not batman right it's like a different i mean this is a different world yeah you can't have it both both ways you can't have a radical departure and then still call on everything that we know from the for lack of better words the canon and no thing that we have our own expectations going in, right? So you exactly. can't have ways. It, either you're part of it or not. Uh, you, I, but that gets to, I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought the art was wonderful. I, it goes to who would I tell to read this? I would tell you two to read this. I wouldn't give it to somebody new to printed Batman. I would say Killing Joke or... A Joker Hush. fan. It's more. It's it's more for Joker fans than it is for Batman fans. I don't think Batman. Yeah, Joker I, don't, story. I don't think Batman in here is. A, it's not a strong rendition of Batman. It's actually a very. There's not a lot of Batman in here. I can't really put my finger yeah. on who this Batman is, but I can certainly put my finger on who this Joker is, and maybe even who this Harley Quinn is. Certainly, but Batman just kind of like exists in the. He's just a. He's just a grumpy kind of bitter Batman. Yeah, I, th- I think maybe that's I think that's maybe what it is for me. Like, I, I agree with you, Dan. I liked it. It was it was a fun read. It's an interesting story. I like Sean Murphy, um, but it isn't it's not a Batman story. Like the White Knight isn't Batman, no, right? Sure. The, the White Knight is either the Joker or Harley Quinn, depending on how you want to read it. But it's definitely not Batman's not the White Knight in here. He's he's kind of ancillary to most of the story. Um it's all. That it's means, the same way that Long Halloween is a two faced story. It's not really a Batman story. It's more of a Harvey right. Dent story, right? But I do like I. This Joker's interesting, or at least the conflict between this Jack this 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 story of redemption with the Joker is interesting, right? Like the question of is he actually faking it or not, and you're never sure. What did you think? What did what did, what did you think at the beginning? Like, how long did it? Uh, it took me a while. It took me until they revealed it at the end, like that last chase, to be like, "Oh, he's not faking it." 
I kept I kept waiting for how they were going to twist it. Right. But I, like and then the thing is and, and so it was even more of that because Harley Quinn thinks that she's pulling the strings on Joker, but Joker knew the whole time. Right? Like you don't hit that until the very end when Batman goes, "No, the Joker told me." Like he knew that you were doing this. And so the Joker's been it the whole time and and have you guys seen the Batman Lego movie? Yeah, yeah. the first one? Yeah. This is very much the Batman Lego movie, right? Like call it. The Joker, the Joker's like, love me. We're oh. best friends. You're nothing without me. So it very much reminded me of, of that sort of story. I do like the idea, you know, Dan, you said it earlier, this idea of like bat does Batman make his own villains? Um are this explores that idea of is Batman are is Batman and the Joker are they almost the same? Well, right, because you fall it out to its logical end. He's been around for 70 years, 75 years. Had Batman killed the Joker, it gets to one of the central premises. A, you can't kill the Joker. B, had he killed the Joker, all these crimes would never happen. It gets to the essence of should he have just killed him long ago. Yeah. And, you know, and I would say that it is a Batman story in that I think we can't let it go. Spoiler. Uh, Alfred dies in it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Forgot about that. Dude, I had to back three times to see, am I reading this right? When's Alfred going to pop back in? Uh, no, he's definitely dead. Alfred, <laughs> yeah, he's dead. And like, Travis, what you were saying is I thought the whole time, I was like, well, what's, what's going to make the Joker snap? The end night Shyamalan moment, you know, like, yeah. ooh. <laughs> going to happen. Like, come on, that's how this is written. And um, and then, true to a Batman comic, they have to explain it all like a detective would at the end, like a Sherlock Holmes. Drake Columbo. (laughs) Yeah, right. Let let me tell you how I knew it was all the pieces of the puzzle or place. Um, Right, because you know Batman. I like how they're like, no, we'll break you out. And Batman's like, don't break me out. Joker's coming for me. I'm going to stay right here. I I know what's going to happen. He'll be here. The I, you know, pencils we, are I mean, I don't mean to switch like and I, to go back to what you were saying, the, his his rogues gallery, even the, something as simple as the Bane and this comic is great. The Killer Croc is great. And it, they only show him like five or six times. But his two faces is amazing. I, so really- here's what I know. You're going to get some more Batman white and some more Bat Sean Murphy Batman this year. Uh, yeah. And Azrael's Azrael's going to be in it. That's oh. what I know. He like showed it. He showed that. So we're going to get an Azrael story with Batman. And so like I again, I, I guess I don't want to. I don't want it to seem like I'm a downer on this book. I enjoyed this book. Um, I think I went in because it had been hyped so much, and because I was so excited for Sean Murphy's Batman because I love Sean Murphy and I, I love his art. But I guess like I've never. I haven't like. There's not a lot of Sean Murphy reading I've done. Yeah. Um, so I I think like I mm-hmm. I expected it to be a bigger I expected it to be a bigger departure or a different a very different take. And I, I don't think I got that. Uh, or I wanted to say something and it wasn't saying something. But it was a very I mean it's a good story. It's a good bat it's a good story. 
Can I tell right? you, like so- it's an story. Can I tell yeah. you something that, uh, that has been approached before, but I thought they did a good job of like sticking with it, was the um, amount of money, like the fund for Batman, <laughs> yeah. uh, like, you know, related costs and how the taxpayers are paying it. Like, I thought that was a really great indictment of how the government, I mean, that's what you're dealing with with the, with the union in Arizona right now. Right. It's like, what are these yeah. funds earmarked for, really? And it's for, yeah. like, you know, repairing the city after all these Batman costs. And then at the end, it's great when you find out that Bruce Wayne was actually covering the cost of that the whole time anyways. He yeah, like, he, his, he didn't say anything I mean, about it. Yeah, he yeah. was just like, listen, I cover that cost. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because that's why I, to be honest with you, I really like, one reason I like Batman is Bruce Wayne, right? He's a creation of the Roosevelt era the one percent instead of being a one percent douchebag he's out fighting crime you know like i i really love that character and this batman the more i talk about it right now with you he is pretty selfless like a hero like at several times if he knew all these things he could have stopped it and he's just like this selfless hero at the end he's like yeah i knew what was happening and i paid the bill and then I let Joker get away with this for so long. And my, so dad, we, my dad may or may not have been a Nazi sympathizer. <laughs> <laughs> that, that part was like, those are things I didn't quite. And that's right. And that's where I think like a lot of the sort of indictments of. Or uses of what's in the media right now, kind of it, it doesn't ring great. Right. Like the police brutality thing, you use it and then he drops it right away. The one percenter thing, they use it, but they don't push it enough. The sort of like everybody has a terrible racist past. We're going to use it, but we're not going to like there are all these little pieces that Sean Murphy introduces, but doesn't run with that. I that I kept expecting him to run farther. I, I think of it like this. So I spent my Christmas with my nephew. Uh, and, so and he's a Nazi sympathizer. He's a Nazi sympathizer. Um, <laughs> we re- we got him a bunch of whole swastika stuff. Uh, but like when you see little kids on Christmas, um, like they get a shit ton of gifts, right? Yeah. Like too yeah. much stuff. And with in- instead of like they have they have a whole pile of like toys. Uh, and instead of like opening like three toys and like really playing with them the day, they'll open up every toy and play with it for like five minutes. And it's like, so, yeah. so no toy ever gets its real shrit. It's like, no, 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 you haven't even finished completing the Legos and you're moving on to this thing. And I think there is a tendency when you give someone like Sean Murphy the toy of Batman, like, okay, it's your Batman story. You have all the characters. You have all the, the plot lines, the story threads, including the rogues gallery, and then like the Wayne family, and then like the Joker, and then like uh, Commissioner Gordon. I think as as it should be, the natural tendency is to be like, I want to open up all of these things. I want to play right. with all of them, right? And you're like, yeah. okay, but like, just realize you have to clean up all this mess. Why don't we just take like two a day? That would be like the sensible thing to do, but that's not right. the way it is when you get like a gift like Batman in your lap, you know? I think I think you're right. And I like, so so here's my, here's my question for you guys. Um, the very end, Batman takes off the mask to Gordon. And is that is that good story? Is that bad story? I think give me a second. I gotta go back to that. <laughs> the very end, he takes the very last page. He takes off his mask. It, it for ends Gordon. on that moment, right? Yeah, that, that is the last panel on the last yeah. page. Yeah, yes, yes, take. yeah. I just read that again. I read it again. <laughs> um. So, 
my question is, is that, I mean, because he's going to pick this back up. And, and so is that good Batman story or is that bad Batman story? Well, it, because it's in its own universe, I it, you know, Daredevil, when he did that, when Bendis does that with Daredevil, it changes the whole narrative for a, a long time. So if this is in its own, I know they're not using the world a word elsewhere world. Let it happen. Let's see what he can do with that. To, to go to opening up all these toys, that could be his way of trying something that hasn't been done before in all these other versions. And I would tell you that seems the that seems super interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Like Batman being out there. Well, I, that's one of the themes of the Batman world is that they don't Bruce Wayne, this playboy a billionaire aloof guy, is really the most caring person in the room. That I think there's a lot of cool things that could always be done with that. And, and in addition to redemption being a theme, I think transparency is another big theme in this book. As far yeah. as like how this money is being spent, like how much does Batman work with the the police? And so there's the idea of like uh, transparency. It's like okay, if we're if if Batman's going to exist in this world, he's becoming more and more transparent. And in, and him raising the mask up at the end and showing it's like, listen, this is about trust. Right, it's like all the yeah. branches of the government have to work together. We all got we got, we got to start trusting each other, right? And it, it's this big kind of gesture on the part of Batman to reveal himself to one of his allies. Uh, it's like, listen, like now you know who I am. I'm accountable to you. You're accountable to me. Let's go out and do some good. And there's that's yeah, an I, th- I thought thing. I thought that piece of the story when they're working with the uh, the Gotham Police Department is interesting. Where everybody gets a Batmobile and like, like I, I thought that you get a Batmobile, you get a Batmobile, you get a Batmobile. I think that's interesting, right? That idea of like, he's very quasi outside of the realm, but then we're gonna put him in it. I thought that that was an interesting way to do it, right? I, I think that the, that's a key way to put it. So let me ask you, uh, Doctor Dan. Here's what I want to know: uh, out of this Rogues Gallery, you mentioned a handful of them. Which one of these sort of like redesigns look at these characters? Which one do you think was the most interesting? Or which one did you, I mean, they don't get a ton of time each, but which, which sort of relook did you like at all of these? I, I just, the, I really enjoyed the Two-Face because there's one where you see only the profile of his, of his scarred side. I really liked that panel. And I thought at first the Bane was so simplistic I didn't realize I was like that can't be Bane, and then I was like that's Bane. They're like they're making him that version of Bane, and then I also liked on um, Batman. He's got like a little Gotham by Gaslight cow. His little it's cow. It's more like a trench coat cow. Yeah. Than a, you know, he's got like he's popping his collar. Cow. <laughs> he's like a very a very a very hip batman so uh-huh. okay i i think okay so the the two-faced design and that bane design so travis let me ask you which of those rogues gallery designs did you did you think was the most interesting uh which one did you like um or i mean I, they don't get a ton of space like i said but but which one did you find kind of interesting Oh, right. I remember we did this for a long Halloween. Uh, and yeah. That was, we all had different ones on there. I like uh, Clayface. Uh, I really okay. like especially how they did his brain, like how, how his anatomy oh. functions. I thought that yeah, was yeah. great. Like So the design of Clayface was 
was good, but I thought the anatomy of how Clayface functions and operates was pretty ingenious on there. When that card is like stuck, like right in his yeah. like, uh, frontal lobe there, uh, yeah, just like sitting in there the whole time. It's so weird. And like Harley Quinn's got his like brain in her backpack, like yeah. <laughs> I I think um, I like the that look at Bane a lot. I, I like that sort of Bane redesign. Uh, Dan, you mentioned Killer Croc earlier. I did really like sort of like this big giant crocodile head, right? As opposed to like it, he's a crocodile, as opposed to a lot of the other times where he's like a man. Uh huh. Who? But this is like a giant anthropomorphic crocodile, which I, I found right. interesting. So here's here's. Well, can we, you can guys, we, can we stick on the Rose Gallery for a second? Because I want to know yeah. what you think about the. Oh God, how do I label these Harley Quinns? Like the Ninja Harley Quinn, the new like Ninja esque Harley Quinn outfit. How would you feel about that? Like, Where, oh, when she's like Neo Joker. Yeah, yeah, when she's Neo Joker. Yeah, I. It was all right. I, you know, I get. I wasn't. Okay. I like. <laughs> it, it was. Damn, it's like very. That. But you know what it is? It's a very like it's a racing jacket. It's like the most Sean Murphy thing you could do is put them all in like racing gear, all which is Tokyo what all Ghost. of them are in. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're all Tokyo Ghost racing gear sort of stuff. Um, but so can we talk about how this is just one giant visual love letter to Batman the animated series? Oh yeah. It, well, and well, before we go to that, it, it <laughs> goes. It makes me think of. I, I noticed this when I was watching Orange is the New Black. Like, I would wonder when they were coming out, and they're like, oh, they're writing it right now. And then I'd watch it three months later, and you'd realize the writers, all they were doing for ideas was opening up the newspaper and pulling ideas to put in yeah. their fiction. Well, it, this story is the same thing, too, because there's even a line where one goes, so much for women's rights. Right. And I'm looking at the copyright now. It's October 2017 through May 2018. Right yeah. in the middle of the Me Too movement. This this writer is going right to the newspaper for ideas. Uh, Harlequin. I'm always on the fence about Harlequin. Uh, I, I don't I don't want to say she's always sexy, but I, I've always had a crush on her. And at the same time, she's a little too Betty Boopy for me in some versions. I like the Neo Joker. I thought it was cool. I prefer the classic Harley Quinn from uh, Batman the Animated Series, which is, this is just, this takes place literally in his version of the Batman Animated Series, right? Down to, like, uh, the the um, Bullock, yeah, right? They, they, they play with that. I mean, that's the whole joke when we see, I think that's the only way he's allowed to get away with these two Harley Quinns is he's playing off the idea that, like, there are really two Harley Quinns. There's the Margot Robbie Harley Quinn, and then there's the uh, uh, who's the uh, writer from the animated series who uh, uh, Tim uh, Bruce Tim Bruce Tim yeah, yeah Bruce Tim Harley Quinn, and so that allows him to get that whole story arc about two Harley Quinns out there, and us be like, what? Like it, it makes <laughs> sense. I do, I do, I do like uh, all these designs are and this sort of. Uh, we talked about Batman's design, that pop collar, Dan, you mentioned it. Uh, I really like uh, the um, Nightwing design. It is it is very Neo-Tokyo. It's very much like uh, Akira, right? This sort of like, this, this sort of like uh, motorcycle jacket sort of thing that he's got going on. But I, I kind of dug uh, that design. 
more than I thought his Batgirl was maybe a, a little too. It didn't seem like his enough, if that makes sense. It seemed too. It borrowed, I think, too much from current yeah. from that current Batgirl design. Uh, even the new Fifty Two Batgirl. Yeah, the the one uh, we read in uh, volume of it, didn't we, Travis? You guys did read it back. Yeah, 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 we did the the Barb one, right? Yeah, uh, uh, Babstar. Babstar, yeah. I don't know if you guys. I have the digital version. Uh, page twenty-two. That's such a great. To, that's such a great splash page. Uh huh. That's that goes to Josh's point that this is really just an homage to nineteen eighty-nine. Uh, that uh, nineteen eighty-nine Batman in there, yeah. And yeah, it's like even the name Jack Napier. I mean, Joker's gone by different a bunch of different names, but like Jack Napier was the um Jack Nicholson version of of Joker, right? Yeah, those those are my those are my those are like my Batmans, right? Like Batman eighty nine and uh the, same the age animated one. He's the same age as us. And sort of that that uh that Batman those are those are like my Batman. So I love the sort of you know, you see the um, the little girl who's with uh, Killer Croc is straight out of the Batman the animated series. The um, the look of the Mad Hatter straight out of Batman the animated series, right? Like it's very much his take on all those characters. Even the coloring I, at some by Matt Hollingsworth colorings at some point get into that a little bit, you know? Yeah, I like I dug his redesigns a lot, and I look. Sean Murphy can draw any vehicle. Love it. Oh, love it. That's why there's chunky. a million. It's all chunky and like yeah, like you said. I believe you used uh, Akira uh, earlier yeah. as a reference. It, it's it's so I love I love Sean Murphy, and this is on. I would say the art in this is weird, and this is not. I don't want to think this is a criticism because I mean I love Sean Murphy. I, I like his art in this book, but it's on the. La- it's on the back half of my favorite Sean Murphy. Uh, I-, I think I think it's still great, fantastic, but it's I wouldn't put it in like even like my top five Sean Murphy art books. Hmm. All right. All right. What do you think holds it back then? Uh, I think honestly, I'm a- I was going to ask you guys this. I think it's the the Joker design. Uh, I think the joke. Sometimes when I see the Joker with the t- there like the two colored eyes, and he looks very very glossy not like just color wise but like line wise sometimes uh it looks almost it's sometimes when we see the joker he looks very house style more than sean murphy's style does that make sense um yeah i can i can see that uh especially towards the end in that last book when he's back into the joker um uh you know he's popping back into the old joker look yeah and how does that work how does how does he instantly uh, right. change from Jack Napier and then all of a sudden he's got white clown makeup on and green hair and like different colored eyes like I get, it is I the most it. it is the most like Batman the animated series way to do it right With the, there's, there's a, he that, like shuffles his face and then all of a sudden <laughs> becomes someone different face shuffle and yeah he's, done. he's Joker now I the one that got me the the one that seemed the most like. Um, he he like switches back and forth. It was very cartoony, and and I like I would I like I think Travis. It might be because he's he has to work within the parameters of this is Batman. No, 
right? So he gets to play, but he doesn't get to maybe play as much as is he would in other stuff, right? Um, so I like I I like all the redesigns. I think some of them are maybe too on the nose for Batman the animated series. Like it's his it's his story, so you can do whatever you want with it. But he definitely sticks close to some of those Batman the animated series tropes, which I love. I love that cartoon. Um, but it was a very it's a very they all seem like safe designs. Does that Here, make sense? Here's a good question for you. Um, yeah. All right. So we have this new, uh, uh, a, a new artist take on Batman, the Rogues Gallery, and stuff like that. Where does this fall into? Does this uh, uh, usurp any of your previous favorite? Like, who's everyone's favorite Batman artist? And does um, Sean Murphy overtake them? I'll start with you, Josh, and then we'll go to Dan. No, because like my favorite Batman is classic big pointy eared Batman, right? Like uh blue cape, gray outfit, big eared Batman. That that to me is that that's like a classic Batman or that Bruce Tim Batman where it's it's just so perfectly simple. Mm-hmm. Like that's the Batman I love. So it's it's hard to say like anybody's design is gonna be they just try to make it more real and then it becomes less interesting. Like it's it takes away, I think, from it. And I, maybe that's just me, but... My favorite is Tim Sale's Batman from, like, Long Halloween. I love... Oh, I, lo- I, lo- I love... 30, 30 abs? Yep. And then, like, uh, just all his rogues gallery. I love the way... You I, you hate the way Tim Sale does Joker, but I love it. I do. Gotta and hate stuff it. Like yeah. That. Um, so I, that's, like, my favorite rendition of Batman. But I would say... I would say this is up there. I would say this is... Uh, this, this definitely puts into competition the art. Except for the Joker, I liked all the renditions of the characters. I love Batman in prison in this. I love his his anatomy, like how it's it's this kind of warped anatomy of Batman the Batman suit. You love that Batman had thigh high boots on. Yep, it's that. So Dan, what about you? Where's this stand in your uh, Batman? I'm I'm a Bronze Age Batman guy too. Josh Gray with the yellow emblem. I like the all black uh, Michael Keaton Batman too. I I don't know. My favorite artist, I'd probably be Jim Lee. I still get excited by his Batman. And uh, Jim Apiro from the early 80s and late 70s. Like Hush, you know, like, the, like the Hush Batman? Yeah, the Hush Batman is just iconic for a reason. This Batman, I, I liked his style. I'm not very familiar with Sean Murphy at all. Like I kept wondering if this was the same artist that of another artist who I thought experimented well was the Batman... 20 no batman oh i know what you're talking about yeah 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 where it's all like it's almost demon s batman is that the word we're talking about yeah 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 it's a weird take on it i love these sketches like i like anytime you can see the writer sketching still after it's been the artist sketching after you see the inks that's that's top-notch stuff i love that guys talk about art i gotta go find the plug okay (laughs) so i think i i think um Day, I I I love how simple this bat suit is. I think that's that's one of the good things about it. Cuz one of the things that happened like when Capullo and they took over for New 52, I mean you you read I mean you read the um you read the Scott Snyder stuff, the Court of Owls and all that stuff, right? All like the knee pads and the ripply stuff and the extra this yeah. and the extra like it made the suit too complicated. Though sure. it at least here 
uh, Sean Murphy has made a super simple Batman costume, right? It's like, again, he's hearkening back to that, that uh, the, the, the Batman, the animated series, Batman, right? Gray and black. And it's a comic book. Like you said earlier, they're always trying to make Batman more real. And right. by making him more real, it's like, okay, that's one of his enduring qualities is that he is more real than Superman or Aquaman. But at the same time, it's still a comic book. You don't have to make him so realistic that a real person could do this. I understand like, fiction. Right. So like when they I, have the knee pads and the gloves, it's like, you, you come on, man. You don't need to explain it that much. But I do, yeah. But I, but I do like that. I do like that. This is a, it's a simple costume, right? I do like it. It's it's simple. It's gray and black. Um, but it, I, it's a good redesign. But it's tough to beat classic, like blue and gray Batman. You know, uh, you know what I'm curious about before we get into best panels. Uh, yeah. Because anytime, like I, we talked about playing with the toys earlier, uh, and how Sean Murphy gets handed over Batman. Um, I'm curious for you guys, uh, every time I see like a, a pull off Batman like this and someone gets their shot at him, I can't help but think like, what would I do if I was handed Batman? Like what elements of Batman would I, would I really, w- would be my Batman? Like Kevin Smith talks about this in his podcast all the time. Mm-hmm. Everyone asks him like, if you got the Transformers franchise, what would you do? If you got Aquaman, what would you do? And his, his answer is always like, I put him in a cafe and they'd be talking about Star Wars or whatever it is. You know? <laughs> um, so what do you think, what would you play with, with Batman? If you, if you were handed the reins to write a Batman story, what, like, I'm not, I'm not asking for, you know, your, your, your outline. My elevator pitch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But just kind of like, even if it's just like, what would you want to focus on as far as that character is concerned? I know that's, uh, that's a yeah, tough question. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that is, that's, that's a whole separate podcast. <laughs> that's like, you, like should, you should give me a chance I mean, to write some stuff down. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I'd probably play with the emblem. I like, uh, I'm a medium to small ears guy, and I always like it when they play with the emblem, even though I did not like Snyder's yellow outline. Oh, I'm talking, about, I'm talking about story-wise, story-wise, story element-wise. Oh, well, you go, Josh, and I'll think of that. Oh, yeah, that's th- thanks, Dan. Uh, you know, I, I think... <laughs> I think I would want to take Batman in a very detective mode, right? He's supposed to be a detective, but we don't see that a lot. And you don't see it in this book. You don't see him a whole lot, like, use those skills. There's an entire video game series where you literally have to use all of these gadgets just to figure out what the hell's going on. Oh, I bought so, it. It's uh, like the... Per, like the um, for, like, it's, like Arkham, or, yeah, it's like the Arkham Asylum one yeah, or whatever, yeah. right? And so, like, I, I think... I would like to take Batman in a very detective mode. I want him to have to solve something and not solve it by driving the Batmobile through because um, all of this city destruction, right? That's real stuff, right? And so I'd like to see, I'd like a street level Batman story where Batman has to, it's not some super crazed villain. Um, Maybe, you know, I, I, there's this idea like a serial killer would be interesting. Like if you could take one of those characters and maybe it's, I think the Riddler would be a good character to, to mess with and make the Riddler instead of like the Riddler trying to take over Gotham or something like take uh, the Riddler, like Scott Snyder did with that Riddler. Like he was a very big Epic Riddler. Right. Yeah. I want Riddler to be true detective 
serial killer, right? Like that's that's what I want. I want to take it back to like. Oh, you want to make Batman a Fargo series? Like, what if Batman was in the the TV series Fargo? <laughs> no, maybe. <laughs> but I, I want I want Batman to have to solve a mystery because he's a he's a he's the world's greatest detective. Batman's like, and ah, so, who, who put this guy in the wood chipper? <laughs> but like, that's I I want him. I want like a very psychological murder mystery where Batman has to use his skills as a detective. Um, and of course he's going to have to kick some ass and drive some cool stuff while he's doing it. But, I, but I want him to have to like rough up some toughs in a neighborhood to find out the dirt as opposed to like this one where he drives a Batmobile through the middle of town chasing Joker. Right? Like I wanted to, I want him to have to do a little more detective work. I want to, I want a Batman mystery. All right. That's good. I like that. Dan. Yeah, I actually I like that idea. I I'm a big fan of the splash page Batman. Sometimes I, I'll criticize it for I I can read a Batman comic book in like four minutes because there's not a lot of words. But I, yeah. I'm a big believer in them punching people in the face. I like <laughs> there's scenes where it's just action packed Batman punching um, people. Uh, you know, I, I'm a going back to the Bronze Age. I really like the Penguin. I've always liked the Penguin and his most like comic booky self with the tuxedo and the top hat and the uh, the monocle. I've always enjoyed that Riddler. I mean, excuse me, Penguin. Um, I like the idea of Oswald Cobblepot's lineage going back to Bruce Wayne's lineage and where these two characters could have gone off on different sides. I, I would probably pick something with the penguin and the iceberg lounge. I like all right, that. all right, Travis. Um, I don't know what this I is. Would. Your question, so you I better know, have something I know, good. I know. I know. I, I thought it was when I was <laughs> grabbing that plug. Uh, I, I I can't necessarily hone in what I want, but I'll tell you two elements that I would not focus on. Uh, and this might negate <sighs> like who Batman is. I I'm not a big fan of bat the Bat Family. I'm no Bat big, Family. I'm not a big fan no of family. like having to shoehorn in. Bat family, like we got to have Nightwing in there, or or Robins, or 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 Batgirls, or even like you know, like brother. What was that? Speak it, brother. You're speaking my language on that because they try so hard anymore. Oh, I know. And then if if it's not the Bat family, then it's always like you know, Superman appears or something like that. Um, and so I'm just I'm so sick of like with like death of the family or even in this that we I feel like I feel like you could have told the story without Nightwing or Batgirl at all. I feel like they were unnecessary in this whole thing. Um, I, if you have to keep someone in the Bat family in Jim Gordon, I like a Jim Gordon Batman story. Like that's, that's I don't always great. yeah I don't think he's not the Bat family right because he doesn't yeah. know who Bruce, he doesn't know Bruce Wayne and Batman. Well, he does now in this, but yeah, I, I think I think you're right. I think the only reason you keep I think Nightwing is a more interesting dynamic than Robin because Nightwing is now breaking out on his own. And so you can really have them butt heads about the right way to do something. And so that gives Batman a foil that's kind that, that's kind of as is not as equal, but it, it knows him and like no one else knows him. Right. That's the only one I that's the only thing I think works. I don't like it's the same reason I hate uh and I'm gonna like one of the things that drives me nuts about uh, Spider-Man is every villain has to be a spider villain, right? You just can't have, there just can't be one spider person. There's got to be, but I love the new Spider-Man movie. Don't get me started on it. But that's the thing in Batman that drives me nuts. So there's Batman and then there's three Robins and a Batgirl and a Batwoman. And 
it's just, it's, uh, and a huntress. Yeah. And like, there's, it's Oracle. There's so much there. I'm just like, stop right. shoehorning him into my Batman. Like, Batman's good enough as he is on I, his own. Like, I don't you need, only I don't need, need one. Neapolitan Batman. I think no. you only need one. I think you have, I think you only do one of them. I think this does, it's too many of them. I, th- yeah. I think like Oracle's interesting if she's there. I think Batgirl's there. If it's, if it's interesting as a foil to be different than what Batman wants to do. I don't like the Batman teaching. I don't like that part. Yeah. I want Batman to butt heads with someone who goes, no, you're doing it the wrong way, man. This is how we should be doing yeah, it. Yeah, right? I like I, a Clint Eastwood Batman, like the lone, like Shane, like the lone the lone gunman <laughs> Batman. And then if I had to pick a story, like genre or plot, you know what I thought would be interesting, like, I think is interesting is like a cult. Batman Western? <laughs> That's not bad. Um, I think a cult, I, I would like to de- see him deal with a little bit, like something of the occult, which I, I guess I guess is along the lines of the detective Batman. But I, right. I like the idea of of this. I almost like a John Con, like almost like a John Constantine storyline. But like all of a sudden, instead of John Constantine, there's there's Batman in there, right? Okay. Um, and if you are gonna have a cameo, put Swamp Thing in there because a Swamp Thing and Batman is always a good combo. That that Tom King, Mitch Garrett's Batman Swamp Thing issue. Oh, I didn't, I didn't so see good. it. I saw the oh, Alan Moore a, one. I saw the Alan Moore one. It's a single. A single issue Batman Swamp Thing story that it's a Tom King. Did you see it? Did you read it, Dan? I think I did. I don't know what number. I don't know. It it's a one issue, and it's 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 uh, the Brave in the Mold is the oh, name of that's it. That's brilliant. I think I <laughs> did. That sounds right on my alley. Even the pun of the name is like right on my alley. It, it is so. It's such a good. It's such a good single issue. It's it's beautiful. Uh, but so let's let's talk about this bad boy. I, I know that you already uh, you already made the comment. Oh, you know what? I was going to skip favorite panel. We got to do favorite panel, Travis. Yeah. I almost went into who would you give this it, to, it, but I forgot favorite it, panel. And before you go on, yeah. I would say what's funny about those things that we just said is this bad book more than any lately has the least bat family in it That's with the exception of Batman, it only has batman but if you read any other batman story they're shoehorning in everybody we've talked about this batwing batwing's bullshit i don't give a are you like come on batwing's bullshit batman and international like, the international batman corp whatever it is bruce White, whatever that shit is yeah, I hate batman Inc. yeah you might remember like 10 years ago they had black and white covers a, a run on detective where every issue was its own single shot story and over 12 months they had all different rogues galleries and you'd have like a 30 page joker story a 30 page uh scarecrow story and that was that was great comic writing and they didn't have versus spreading it out over the whole universe you know like it was like a tight little writing and that was good stuff i really liked that run I think, I think to go back to my my pitch, the the serial killer as Scarecrow might be good too. Oh yeah, that'd be good. So they they kill themselves based on their fear. He gets them to kill themselves. And so we he's not a little actually... occult in that. And then we got ourselves. We just let's write this thing, buddy. Let's do yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's talk favorite panels. Uh, Travis, you got your favorite panel picked out? Uh, I do. I I. I... 
again, this is uh, kind of, it's been a while since I read it. So when we were talking earlier, I kind of looked at something. It's probably, I could, I could literally, again, like pick like 30 favorite panels. But uh, uh, my favorite panel comes from one of my favorite scenes in this. And this is when um, Batman and Jack Napier finally have it, du- they're duking it out, like in, in the alleyway. Um, uh, you have that great thing where all of a sudden, like Jack Napier is like physically, Joker has never been able to physically say that's a Batman so much. And like the Batman, it's always like tomfoolery or trickery. But in this one, he's just straight up punching him. And they train him earlier. So I really like the panel uh, where Batman has the uh, shard of glass or or Batarang Batarang, uh, up to uh, Napier's neck. I like the I like the Batman design in Shadow. I like that Napier design there, and I think this is a badass scene in the book where they're just in the alleyway. Joker has his shirt off, all of Brad Pitt in Snatch, and he's just like, <laughs> "Let's do this." <laughs> it is very, it is very, it does look very much like Snatch. All right, so uh, Dan, give us your give us your panel, buddy. Well, mine, I feel like I'm cheating a little because it's the splash page I already showed you, page 22 in the digital version. Uh, That deserves deserves attention. Yeah, go for it. Where it's just an homage to 90s Batman. It's just such a great, it's, you know what it is, is it's like somebody went to a hot topic and then found all the Batman swag that the three of us probably all own. (laughs) And made it look like this is just what his bedroom looks like. I you would, got the night. I would put that splash page on my wall as a poster. That's cool. That's a yeah, cool. Yeah, you, the cover you see the Jack Joker with the long gun. Uh, you see the Jack Nicholson, Michael Keaton, Batman, where I'm Batman. Um, yeah. And then the Bruce Tim 90s version on the poster wall. And then all this hot topic stuff that you would get at Zia Records. And here in Phoenix. <laughs> like, I love it. I love I like, I love that Batman swag. Yeah, I do, that's it, that's that's a good one. Yeah, it gets to the I, question of is Batman is the Joker a creation of Batman? Yeah. Does, it does, does. does the Joker love Batman for all the same reasons we love Batman as a fan? Uh, he's got the same shit that we buy, so and we're enamored with Batman. So why wouldn't I mean like we are like we're we're Doctor Dan the Super yeah. Batman fan. We love Batman, and so like is it like a crime for the Joker to be so obsessed with him? I mean they had that guy in Aurora right who like like the mm-hmm. idea of like what what does like a super fan do and what lengths are they willing to go to? Uh, I mean someone shot John Lennon, a super fan, right? You know like the idea yeah. of the guy who's who shot John Lennon. What's his name? Uh, Hinkle? Not I don't Hinkle. know. Um, but like the idea of that, it's like the idea of being obsessed with something so much that you want to destroy it or be so much a part of it. Uh, and then you, you have that sense in that 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 splash page that Dan pointed out. Yeah. yeah notice I, that, like, that splash page is the shadow. This, this Sean Murphy's shadows. Whenever they show Bruce Wayne, his shadow has ears. Whenever they show Jack Naper, they show Batman, uh, they show the Joker's hair. Yeah, the uh, wild hair. Yeah, uh, like uh, there's a scene in the courtroom where it's Jack Napier, but his shadow is clearly the Joker, and it was like, oh, that's just a great panel. Um, but it, it, throughout the whole novel, you'll see his shadows are top notch. In fact, right. there's there's the shadow of Jack. Oh in yeah, court. yeah, yeah. Right. Right. I didn't even notice that, Dan. That's excellent. Yeah, yeah. His shadows are on on fire. So I would say that my panel, there were two of them. 
Uh, you had mentioned the one earlier, Travis, of the brain, of yeah. of uh, of you know uh, the brain. I think my other panel, yeah, Clayface's brain. I think my panel is when uh, I know we just said we we didn't decide the idea of like the Bat Family, uh, but uh, when it's uh, Jason Todd, uh, the flashback where 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 um, the Joker's remembering, and this bottom panel right here with the crying. Jason Todd saying, I wish I never knew uh, Bruce. I wish I never met Bruce Wayne. Um, The colors are great. It's a, it's a, it's a really interesting, that whole thing is really interesting because it's, it's him remembering it. So it's, it's Napier seeing a giant Joker with a little Robin in his hand uh, with like the big switchblade near his throat. But that last panel is a really, I would have liked to have seen, that Robin in this book because it's such a classic take on it. I thought it was kind of a cool, uh, I, I just, that last panel with him crying is the colors are really interesting. Uh, and it's a really good image, I think. So I really like that one. But it's just devastating. He was like, you didn't kill him. And he's like, no, he didn't want to come back. Yeah. It's just like, Oh, that's and that, devastating. And that's, and that's like that. I think that, piece right there is my frustration with this book in a nutshell you have something like that and that's not the story you're telling yeah right you have this police brutality line that's not exactly the story you're telling right there's a there's a lot like you said travis it's tough you get this you get all the toys right it's it you know you get the box of the batman figures so how do you actually play with them you just throw them all in and you do whatever you can instead of, and and that's what I kind of feel is it, it's a good story. I liked it, but I, it it felt like it wasn't focused enough on. There's all these little bits where you're like, "Ooh, that'd be really good. Let's talk about that some more." And then he hops on to the next thing. Right. So that piece right there, Dan, that idea that um, he wasn't dead at all. That would be an that'd be an interesting thing to run with, right? What does Bruce Wayne, what does Batman do with that information? What does that do to him? Todd's out there in the universe and doesn't hasn't said a word and knows all these things. Mm-hmm. That's a fascinating concept that you could play with. Yeah, and so Dan, you had mentioned earlier. Let's go back to the. So, if you, would you one, would you recommend this? And two, who would you recommend it to? You you mentioned it earlier, but let's let's hear. It. Would you recommend this? Who would you recommend it to? I would only recommend it to fans who are deep inside uh, Batman. <laughs> that sounded more sexual than I wanted it to. Uh, only super Batman fans, because I feel like it could confuse a lot of people who think that this is, you know, and I'm not a canon guy, but who would think this is canon and wouldn't think this is a standalone issue. I was looking for that panel you just uh, showed because I'd like to look at it some more. Uh, I would recommend it to super fans. Okay. Because there's a lot of of Easter eggs in there for guys like you and me that I don't think a mainstream audience would fully understand or appreciate. Now... And going all the way back to the art, I don't know if people who are new to comics could pick this up and appreciate the art. They would use words like weird versus like <laughs> excellent and outstanding. They would be expecting a more a more house style of Batman. Yeah, it's a house style <clears throat> of Batman. I do love 
I do love wacky art, Batman. I love it when anybody does something. Something new. In fact, I looked it up. It's Batman Year different with it. Batman Year One Hundred has a writer on there. I mean, an an artist that at first I was like, "What the hell am I looking at?" And then over time, I was like, "This is one of the best Batmans I've ever seen." <laughs> so Travis, different. Yeah, yeah. So Travis, would you recommend it? And who would you recommend it to? Yeah, I like the book a lot. Uh, I like the book a lot. Uh, I don't think it's my favorite Batman story, nor my favorite Sean Murphy uh, book, but uh, I had a really fun time reading it. Uh, I would recommend it to, I think the Joker himself, as we've seen with this new movie coming out about the Joker, is is has billing as big as Batman. Uh, yeah. in, in our world today. And so I would say um, as far as an interesting and fun um, and uh, deconstructed look at the Joker, I think this is a, a really good uh, a Joker book as well. So for fans of the Joker, um, there's a good hypothetical story that's told with like, what what does that look like? And I think, I think um, the portrayal of the Joker in this is pretty fair and honest as if if that character that we all know for the last you know 60 years were to suddenly have his psychosis uh, cured i think sean murphy does a very honest job of showing how that would work he uses nefarious means still at some points right he's very well spoken he's very intelligent uh but he's he's got this brain for manipulation uh that that is true to his character, whether he's psychotic or not. And I think it's an interesting uh, uh, look at the Joker. So any Joker fans, anyone I see running around with a um, Heath Ledger, that black shirt with the runny makeup on there, I'd be like, oh, you like, ins- <laughs> I'm like, oh, you like uh, the Joker and insane clown posse, right? <laughs> the, if I see a hatchet man. Yeah. That's who I'd recommend it to. Any hatchet man. Juggalos, any juggalos out there? This, so I'm gonna give you this book and a Fago. Uh, so I, you know, I, I, it's a good book. I don't think it's, uh, it wasn't what I was looking for. Uh, but I think, I think Dan, you're right. Uh, it's got to be someone. You got to have some bat knowledge, right? I wouldn't drop this on a new Batman person. You got to have a little bit of bat knowledge. Um, it'd be hard for me to say movies. Check this out. I don't know that it it plays too well with that but it's it's an interesting joker i think someone who's a batman fan would really enjoy it um they'd, they'd have some fun with it especially just how gorgeous it is right like it's just it's a beautiful art it's a fun take on on what you can do how about batman uh and seriously cars always the cars he draws such good cars <laughs> so all right so dan thanks for being on the show no thank Dr. you dan, Dr. Dan, the Batman fan, we're going to have him back on again, I'm sure, this year as we read more and more stuff as Travis and I are figuring out what books we're going to read and how we're going to do this. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in to the Comic Exposure Podcast. You can find us on the internet at www.comicexposure.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Comic Exposure. Uh, All of our episodes are up on Stitcher, and you can find them on your uh, Google stuff, and you can find them on the Apple Podcast place wherever you get your podcast you can look for us uh 
I mean, you're finding us somehow on there. So remember, you can find us on all those platforms. If you're using one you don't prefer right now, you can find us on your preferred podcast app. Uh, if you know some folks who are into comic books, want to hear what we're talking about, uh, send them over to our show. We always like to have extra listeners and new listeners. Travis and I are setting down our reading list for the new year. We'll put that up. We'll share that out. Next episode is going to be a lovely variant edition where I think we're probably going to lay out our plans for what we're going to read. We'll talk a little bit about it. And then uh, immediately deviate from those plans. Right. But <laughs> the worst thing is if you don't make plans, right? Uh, so we're, we're then look for the next episode of variant edition, where we're going to do uh, a little talk about, I'm sure we're going to talk about Spider-Man into the spider verse. Did you tell me you saw it, Travis? No, I went and saw Aquaman yesterday. Jesus, just go see Spider-Man I, and change so your life in that theater. I know I've heard good things. You can just tell, change. you could just, just tell me about it. I can't. It's you have to. If you have not seen it, you have. To. Dan, did you see it? Uh, not yet. Dan, go see the damn movie. Yes, again. It's so give good. him shit. <laughs> so good. All right. Anyways, so we'll talk about we'll talk about Aquaman and we'll talk about Spider Man on the next episode. I want to hear I want to hear Travis's wonderful thoughts about those two films as we talk about uh, what we're looking forward to this year, ladies and gentlemen. I will see you. Have a fantastic evening. And enjoy the show. Actually, we enjoyed the show. Why am I saying enjoy? As my wife dances in the background behind me on camera. Uh, so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Travis and I will see you next trade. <laughs>